Welcome to episode seven of the Splitfire Gaming Podcast. Um, I never thought we'd get seven or six or five, um, but I'm going to churn them out whether or not people watch them. Anyway, this is my first collaboration with another YouTuber. We've got Graham on today. Welcome, Graham. Hello, hello. Thanks for having me. Anytime. How does it feel to be on with such a well respected youtuber as myself you, you mean like on on your seventh episode your um <laughs> the the heady heights of uh, no, I, th- I think both of us are in the um the pre 100 subscribers <laughs> like bliss at the moment yeah i don't think even if we added together our subscribers we'd get one of those silver badges that you get <laughs> that's it it's, it's scary isn't it thinking about like where you put because i'm like happy to have like it's like 60 or something i've got at the moment for the battle search channel and it's um and i'm happy with that and it's like a bit scary to think like oh like two hundred thousand. that's quite a lot more than that or like <laughs> 1.7 million and you're just like yeah, you can't really shit. read the comments at the same rate that you do <laughs> that's it it's like imagine getting to that point where you just can't respond to anything or like <laughs> It must be awful to be a proper YouTuber where it's like every day you're just like, I've got to put out a 30-second video because that's how the algorithm works. The, the thing uh, I, <laughs> I worry, I don't worry about it because it's not going to happen, but constantly having to push garbage mobile games and pretending that they're the greatest thing is ever. That's... See, see the, the, the problem with my channel is that I don't, it's not, it's not silly at the moment. Like it's like, it's starting off being kind of serious with the law videos and stuff. But I think once I actually get to being able to do battle reports and whatnot, it'll get sillier. And I was thinking about just putting like fake adverts in to just having it. So it's like, so it's kind of like you have the raid shadow legends advert, but you're not making any money for it. You're still pissing people off. And it's just, you know, it's just a made up video game or something. I like how that's become such a trope that like <laughs> Raid Shadow Legends is now verging on a joke. <laughs> well, I, I, the, I think it's proof that advertising doesn't work in a lot of cases because like I've seen so many adverts for it and I have no inclination of downloading <laughs> it whatsoever. Um, <laughs> I'm not like, going to oh, use okay. that and I'm not going to use Skillshare. Um, <laughs> I'm not going to use NordVPN. So... That's it. Well, it's one of these things. I've got a VPN. Uh, I use Winscribe VPN, and that's free. So fuck you, Nord. Um, <laughs> this is going to come back to bite me on the ass when they when they approach you and they're like, yeah. "Oh, Mark, we'll just, we'll just with take all your subscribers." We'll, <laughs> yeah, all fifty of them. We'll we'll pick a random episode seven just to make sure you're the kind of person we need to do the business with. Oh, right. We'll <laughs> yeah, take, oh no, we'll, they'll send we'll the boys a, around. We'll take our stipend of fifty pounds a month, and we'll just we'll leave. Just baseball bats with Nord written on it. <laughs> Come on. Um. So you are a YouTuber. You're the Battle Search man. Um, <laughs> yeah. Usually we do the plugs at the end, but since nobody listens to the end, um... <laughs> nobody gets to it. I, I I died before the last one. It was. <laughs> I am not changing the length. The length. <laughs> it's width that matters. I'm just saying that now. That's, but, that's uh, oh god, <laughs> I might have to cut that. Um, so yours is um, you do a borderline ASMR retelling of dark elf <laughs> lore, which is an interesting combination of relaxation and brutal murder. Well, it's it, it's really weird because it's like everyone said that I've got like you know a a voice for radio. Or is it face for radio? I don't know. One one of the two of them kind of thing. But it's one's a, a compliment, I've, one's not. So well, yeah, depends. I've got an ass for television though. So you know that's something <laughs> to tell your friends. Um, 
but uh yeah and because the problem is i was like oh, i really want to get into narrating stuff and what else can you do under lockdown because we can't do battle reports we can't i can't like host tournaments and stuff like i wanted to uh so i was trying to find something warhammer related that i can do that there aren't lots of people doing it because i think there's loads of channels where they're doing their own versions of it where they spend months and months going hey i've put together a sort of you know a full uh my written history of slan mage priests or you know like the eldar or something and i was like well i just kind of want to know what's in the books like i just want to see what's written in the books because loads of the because i've got all of the warhammer uh fantasy 8th edition army books and a lot of them i haven't actually read the blurb like i haven't actually read the story and the lore in it and stuff because it's I don't think a lot of people do, so I thought putting it into a format where it's just me reading it, where you can put it on and listen to it, you know, obviously not like, and being very plain about, I did not write this, this is from the <laughs> army book, you know. Um, yeah, lawyers, don't don't come after them. Because <laughs> like no one seemed to be doing that, you know, and I think it's good for the people who A, can't get their hands on the army books anymore, because thank you Games Workshop, you could at least put the PDFs on the Black Library. Um you know, without doing it illegally kind of thing. And people who just don't like reading, because I think we're getting a lot of people like that nowadays where books aren't their thing, especially when Audible and stuff exists. Yeah, I think it's um, because people now, for various reasons, don't have the same attention span. Um, (laughs) So you're you're painting and you're doing something else, or you're watching the telly and you're on your phone. Yeah. So having something, this is the idea of this. Um, Similar, um, I had to do something in lockdown and... I've got no particular skill other than I know. <laughs> Paint, painting of... high elf arches, though. You're very <laughs> good at that. Well, oh, please. It's <laughs> <laughs> just filling in my golden demon application right now. <laughs> um, but no, it's good. It's, um, it's good to get the, because everyone's on about the, the crunch, you know, like, oh, build the best list. But the fluff sort of gets sidelined a bit. Well, yeah, I mean, it's like, because I've, you know, everyone who's played against me knows that I'm a very, like, fluffy player. Uh, and I don't know, I don't do tournament lists. Like, I actually feel bad if I sort of smash an opponent. Um, and so for me, like, fluff is really important. And a lot of the time when I start a new army, it's b- built around the idea of fluff. So, like, with um, uh, with my Beastman army, the whole reason I started a Beastman army was because I fell in love with the character of Moonclaw. And I so the whole army is... Yeah, I guess I saw your guest appearance on Alan's. Um, <laughs> oh yes, system. yes, that's that's got the Beastman army, and that was fairly stupid. And I can't wait to it, do it more was, battle reports with Alan. It was comedy gold. I'll, <laughs> I'll put the link below because um, I don't think. Alan yeah, that's might. it. What, what's his channel called? Because it was BB Wargaming um, on Toy Soldier Tales. This is Toy Soldier Tales because it yeah. was something on Facebook, and he's just changed it so it matches up with his YouTube channel. Even though his picture is of a knight, which and he's a fantasy battle player, <laughs> whatever. Well, it's one of these things. It's I don't know, whatever it floats his boat, I guess. But um, <laughs> yeah, and I forgot what I was saying. Something. Um, short <laughs> oh yeah, memory, the army. Ironically, short memory span. Uh, short attention span. <laughs> I couldn't even write my own lore if I tried with this bloody memory. <laughs> Moonclaw, but, um, that was it. Yeah, that's yeah. Why so, so I fell in love with the idea of Moonclaw and. Uh, built an army around him and I was trying not to do the tropes that you get in Beastmen and like, you know, and there's a mix of that you know, oh well, these are the units you need, because I hate that, like I think 8th edition 
had it a lot. And I think 6th edition had it a lot where it was going, hey, you need these units to win. And I think Age of Sigmar has it fuck tons. Like, uh, where, you know, and so I stopped playing that because it was like, hey, you want to win. You have to buy this. You have to have this as your core list, you know. And luckily, there's a lot of armies in uh, Fantasy 8th edition where it kind of you get leniency, like High Elves and Dark Elves are perfect examples that you can just take whatever the hell you want, because everything's good. They don't yeah, there's no have a bad option. No. Whereas Vampire Counts is like, oh, you want to win against the tournament list? Well, you're going to need a Blender Lord, and you're going to need three Terror Geists, and you're going to need like Banshee Screams, and and you end up just being like, oh, okay, so I can't win with just skeletons then. And they're like, no. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I find I like, uh, although I do like the tournament side of it, I picked i've got a tomb king's army and it's purely because i like the aesthetic and i've never won with them and i don't think i ever yeah. will um but the the full egypt undead look i just like that so much that it doesn't matter yeah um, it, it, it's like tomb kings like I, I have tomb kings and i've never been successful with them through it's it's one of these things of going like oh well how do you win you take 50 bowmen with kalida <laughs> and then you just poison attack the fuck out of everyone. You're just like going, that I don't want to do that. <laughs> that, yeah, that, just, that sounds like a dick move. <laughs> yeah, there is one way to win. <laughs> yeah, no, and then it. you have nine chariots, and you're like, uh, and I'm just like, no, I don't want to do that. Like, I, I want to, you know, have an army list where I'm using skeleton, like, uh, like horse archers, and everyone's like, why? <laughs> it's like five, yeah. five, like five plus hitting shots and that's it <laughs> and they can't they're not uh they can't march yeah so, that's so it There's... whoever wrote that book hated the tomb kings for some it... reason they got the person who hated the tomb kings to write their book i think it was like i think it was what we saw in eighth edition fantasy is the early days of what games workshop are doing now where they're kind of re it's like I don't know the word reactionary kind of rules development where they're kind of releasing stuff and then going, oh, oh, that was crap. Um, okay, well, we'll we'll fix it and totally destroy it. You know, and obviously it's like to sell models where they go, hey, this unit's absolutely amazing, blah, 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 buy all the models. And then, oh, it's rubbish now. It's, you know. That's something new coming out. Yeah, and I think Tomb Kings, because they, were, I think it was the first book they released. Yeah, they were, the first, they were the first in eight. I, don't think they were talking to each other and they just went okay here's how they work and then everyone else was like oh i'm gonna make i'm gonna make a better book than that and then but, by the yeah, end you had like wood elves where they're a bit crap but like they're ludicrously overpowered in bits like because just before lockdown i played a game with nagash because i was like oh i've only played like three games with nagash ever because he's a thousand points <laughs> like you need like a four thousand point army <laughs> to fit him in unless you're gonna use the weird end times like uh percentage changes no i don't agree with that I, it, it just i i kind of like it because it allows you to use a lot of your models because there's loads of stuff where i'm like i will never field malekith like there is not a situation where i'm gonna be playing with an army big enough to fit malekith on the seraphon in you know that isn't kind of like a, a full day tournament yeah, you know like, like a full thousand four thousand points well it's four thousand points for nagash and it because he's thousand yeah. So yeah. it's and and so and I played like a game and then my mate just naturally took wood elves and just had like three units of sort of 40 glade guard set up so that like three ranks of them could shoot or something and they all had like all what is it poisoned attack weapons and you're like oh fuck off. <laughs> so he didn't survive turn 1. So it's a uh, so well, that's, he, uh, <laughs> that's well, the yeah. hard counter to Nagash at the poison weapon. 
uh, shooting him, yeah. <laughs> actually attacking him. I mean, it, it's one of these things where it's like, it's an odd thing because like fantasy eight edition is not kind to big monsters. And I, I hate the fact that it's so bad for monsters. Like there's no reason to take them in a lot of cases. And then, and then the rules kind of make it worse where, you know, you have cannons where I thought for the longest time that you randomized on a cannon. Uh, no, it goes template goes straight through both. <laughs> yeah, and you just like what? That's literally like they sort of sat there and went, "Oh, it's a bit, it's a bit cruel at the moment." And they can like kind of fuck up your entire army on turn one. We'll make it worse, <laughs> you know. You know what? Yeah, you because know, at they, least then you kind of go like, if you had it where ward saves automatically transferred to the monster, that would be well, cool. And then it's like, like okay, right get in. Right in the end times where they had combined profiles, which yeah. detected it. Like, well, the game's exploded now, so you've missed the boat on that well, one. That's it. And, and I didn't like that. I didn't like combined profiles. I, I don't like it in uh, 40K still. Um, but it's the, I think the simple solution was you just made it where like a ward save went over each of them, and then stuff like Scaly Skin wouldn't. But you know, if the monster had regen or like a ne like a necromancer on a corpse cart, I love fielding them, but they're rubbish. <laughs> like you know, it's <laughs> oh, the corpse cart has a four plus uh, regen, but the necromancer has nothing. And <laughs> if you want to take a ward save for him, that takes up all of his magic item slots. So he's he's just literally a guy on a corpse cart. Uh, you're like, oh great, <laughs> you know, with like movement four can't march. That's I'm confident in this. <laughs> Spam All it them. would take is just going, oh, he has regen. And you're like, good. Okay, I have 50 points or 100 points to spend on like the Staff of Damnation or stuff to do whatever. But it just seemed oversight. I was thinking about that, actually, the other day. Like, How would you fix it? And Either, yeah, you'd give huge creatures a regen save. Um, dwarves clearly would just get around <clears> that because <throat> everything they touch is flaming. Yeah. Or you could do, um, like for... Monsters, um, cannon shots only do D3 wounds. I don't know how you would work that out, but that's how we fixed it in my tournaments. Remember when I was when I ran a couple of tournaments at the bunker in Sunderland, we changed it to the cannons are D3 yeah. wounds, and it kind of it's not perfect, but it's enough. So it means that you're not guaranteed to, you know, you, you don't have that chance of wiping out Malekith in one hit with a very yeah. lucky wound roll and a very lucky more shot. inclined to bring a monster if that was the case, yeah. Uh, but that was going to bring me on. You are a veteran TO. Uh, the first one. <laughs> it would have been like four of them or three That's, of them or something. Four more than I've organized. How do you find <laughs> running tournaments? I find it really fun, but I don't like actually playing on the day because I don't think people realize how busy you are running a tournament. Like, I think a lot of people think that they're just going to sit there being like, oh, I'll just get a book out or, oh, I'll play a game <laughs> kind of thing. Or, oh, I'll be the extra one if someone doesn't show up. And then you just go, no, you have to constantly be sort of marking up score sheets because you don't want people to like sit around. So between rounds where you sort of, if you're doing the, oh, what's it called? The, oh, the method we use where it's basically you get matched up depending on how well you're doing. That so Swiss pairing. Yeah, the Swiss pairing. Yeah. Um, I like that one, actually. That's uh I think I think it's really good, but I do kind of I like the idea of I think is it triple crown where they kind of give everyone they go, hey, what point value is everyone on? Like in terms of how tough their list is. And yeah. then they go against people with matching scores. That's how they do it at the start. And then it balances out in the second, doesn't it? If you get destroyed, yeah. then you won't play against someone of that level 
the next round? Because I think I made it totally random. I think I made it totally random for the first battle round, and then for later rounds, it's against like how well you're doing. But the problem there is that you got someone who had like a fucking you know blender lord, uh, you know three terrorgeist list up against someone who's got a little fluffy dwarf army with no <laughs> cannons, and you're like, right, you're fucked. Um, <laughs> well, you know, where, whereas it's like the wonderful thing about the triple crown system that I only I only got used to it after you know the last tournament i did you know and while there was many more planned covid yay yeah Um, i can't mention that demonetized Um, oh demonetized well i've said fuck quite a lot (laughs) yeah but i can beep that beep everything i say but um and it was and it's annoying but i do like the idea of going oh you brought a beardy as fuck list well one of you has to lose like out of the two of you and then that kind of you know, puts people on the back foot for the rest of the tournament. And I, I, I think that's quite a nice way of doing it because ideally I don't want people coming with tournament lists and I've added like handicaps and stuff into my tournaments in order to kind of get people to have more fluffy things. I, played, uh, I think um, that's more fun. Yeah, I played a, last year, the, it must have been the year before, I played a casual 40k tournament and mm. the way they did it, they I don't know how they did it, but it was good. Um, they acknowledged that people are always going to bring like game-breaking lists. So somehow they did it. So after the first round, all the people with the game-breaking lists were paired up against each other, and everyone who brought the casual, less devastating yeah. lists, they all. I don't know how they did it, but it, <clears throat> it worked, and it was. I, I didn't feel like it was steamrolled at any point. So yeah. that's sort of the thing. Tos have to even before they've. You know, it's the first thing to decide. How am I going to run the? Well, it, it's kind of tough in 40k because while I like, I, I I think we're in disagreement here, but I loved 40k 8th edition. I think that's, no, I, like I, I got into it in like 2nd edition and then sort of played a bit of 3rd edition and then like went to high school and all that luck. Um, and so came back to it in 7th edition and was like, this is a massive pile of shite because <laughs> I didn't play Space Marines. And if you didn't play Space Marines and Eldar in 7th edition, um, you didn't win. You, uh, you know, it's like I had Tyranids, I had Tyranids, Dark Eldar, and I um, and I started a Gene Stealer cult when they came out. But despite being a new book, they were still useless. So it was, you know. Well, Tyranids, again, they were written by someone who hated them for some reason. Every edition after six, they got weaker and weaker and weaker. It's so yeah. weird. And, and you literally sort of like, you just need to look at the internet and be like, look, there's loads of people with like actual good solutions for how to fix Tyranids. And then they're like, nope, we're going to make it so they're weaker now. Because wasn't there like just a recent FAQ that made them even worse? Uh, quite possibly. Something mentioned at Christmas and you were like, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll depower this already underpowered list. I was saying this on a, on a previous one that um, if they updated the model line, I'd buy them. But I, if you see them now, the, the Carnifex is slightly taller than a Primaris, and they just look like they are totally the wrong scale for where the game's gone. So <laughs> if they fix that, I'll buy some and then worry about the rules later. But the- I, I I can't say anything because my Tyranid army is pure nostalgia. Mine is a second edition Tyranid army, so I have the I have the metal scythed screamer killer as my Carnifex. Is it so, the greatest um, warriors ever on their square bases? The actually he's on round bases i've put them on because oh. i think it's i think it's with 40k in age of sigma no matter what anyone tells you i think you have to have the right bases it's it's like fantasy where you go like hey that unit needs a footprint that's this big because that's how the game plays you know so i think you know so they're all all on the round bases but 
it is good to think that 40k started off with squares. <laughs> I think it's <laughs> everyone who's like, oh, squares are rubbish. They were just for fantasy. And it's like, well, let me show you this copy of White Dwarf. <laughs> yeah, the, the Avatar was on a square base. The yeah. Tyranid Warriors were on a square base. I think, I, just I think they, they were just mold. lazy. They didn't yeah, want to think... get the mold out. They were like, oh, God, we have they... to make another mold. I don't think they knew what they were doing. Just, ah, just stick it on anything. It'll be fine. What have we got lying around? Yeah. Well, to be fair, second edition was the edition of Vortex Grenades. So they didn't mm. give a shit anyway. You know? Nah. Oh, what's that? Yeah. Oh, it's gone now. <laughs> yeah. Wipe that off. House rule bans on them and all sorts. Oh, God. It was a nightmare. I, I always used to, I used to have a Gene Steel Magus who could take a War Gear item. And it was always the vortex grenade. <laughs> and then my mate was just like, "Oh, you, you killed everyone! Great, great." Thanks. Like if you thought playing. purple sun was bad, and then <laughs> well, yeah, that's you, it. It's like wait till you see this. Um, but, uh, I, I know sorry. a bit about what you were saying about like it's not just I'm waiting around for the results to come in and you're running a tournament. I did a mini fantasy tournament in the three others at um, mm. uh, one world, and I was playing it as well, and like. Like I've I've got all this admin to do. I've got to play a game. I've got to work out who's winning. It's and it doesn't seem like a lot, but it it's it is quite intense. So I don't know how you do it for like fifteen people. We it, it is. It's like tough, and the the problem is, it's like a lot. We were very lucky that like fantasy has this wonderful resurgence kind of thing, and I think it's getting like it's crazy to think that it's much bigger now because of Games Workshop's announcements of the old world, where you're getting people going like, I don't, you know, like I'm going to start a fantasy army now, and then if the old world isn't what we think it's going to be, and it turns out to be like a weird Age of Sigma type thing with with like round bases or something. Then everyone's like, "Oh well, I can just play fantasy then," you know, and and so, and you know, and at the time before the old world was announced and before lockdown, there was, you know, we were getting about sort of twenty people attending, and that was the maximum amount the building could handle. And now that the bunker's like far bigger and he's expanded it, like we could probably have like thirty-five people coming for a fantasy tournament. And I'm like, that'll be great, but it's gonna be horrible on the day. Because you know, because everyone's gonna have rule questions, and they'll be like, "Oh, yeah. hang on, how does this work?" And I'm just like, "Damn it! Might, why? Why are you here? <laughs> you know, why you, you, might, you, might need a, you might need a deputy at that point." I think that's it. I think to be fair, I might get to, like Steve, like corrects me like a lot on rules because he knows his shit. He is like the he's you know that thing where you know in the 80s and stuff when you got hackers who could like hack into sort of big companies and then the big company like sort of offered them a job because they're like oh well done oh know? yeah yeah, yeah. St steve is that i would have him in every tournament <laughs> simply because he know he smashes everyone at tournaments and i just be like okay how would you do this you know you know all the rules what you know identify this and stuff i played him at, at leeds and he i'd kill who was he was he playing demons or something and i bizarrely and um unexpectedly killed like this i forget who it was it was some major character like oh i'm doing well here and then lost <laughs> <laughs> that's and how I, he gets you he lures oh, you into the yeah. false sense no it wasn't thing. demons he was playing his vampires surely no he the wasn't. last time he had was he did his like uh, monochrome vampires no it was i don't want to say was it halflings he's had like five different no, wasn't. Armies. I, can't, I can't remember whatever it was i killed some major thing which oh that's good that, that's gonna be him knackered no no still lost mm -hmm. he, um, he's, a, he's a tough one to be fair it's like mm -hmm. i think that my only chance against him is that i love chaos in games so it's like you, you, can't, know. you can't account for 
yeah, so it's like, oh, well, all your tactics mean nothing because I've deliberately killed my level four wizard, you know? <laughs> yeah, get get out of that one. Um, <laughs> what else have I got on my notes here? Well, uh, what I was gonna what I was gonna say about 40k is that oh, right. um there's a lot there's a lot of stuff in 40k that I think is very difficult for tournament organizers because like we have in fantasy, there's nothing broken i don't think there's many things that are absolutely broken and it's why it's why the banner of the world dragon gets such a bad rep because it's one of the items where you just go that's really too good and then the fact that that gets picked out kind of points out that there's not that many things that are broken like a witch elf like death i can't pronounce it death star that's really bad but at least it takes up like 90 percent of your army doing like a cauldron and a hag and you know this and getting hellebron and stuff um I also like, think it, it sort of benefits uh, in that it is a dead game and that the rules are now set in stone. Yeah. Um, so everyone has a reasonable chance of knowing most of them anyway. Yeah, I've, I've, I've given up with 40k. Like, it's 40k. I was just like, I had a handle on it. And now they've gone like, we've changed it. Like, Age of Sigma was the same when I was still playing that because it kind of went like, hey, we've changed how terrain works. And you're like, oh, okay. And then uh, three months later, they're like, we've changed it back to how it was. And you're like, right, okay. And then it goes, we've released a new book, but it has the old rules in it from well, like before. And you're like, oh, oh, what am I in? It's like, hey, we've updated the app, but it's using a war scroll that's different to the book, different to the FAQ. And you're like, could you please get a handle on this? <laughs> you know, it's they, you know, they introduced ninth. And, um, and then I don't know how long ago after they were, oh, now we've got a new thing called core, uh, which is a- another thing keywords to some of your troops uh, and if it's core it's got these certain things i th- think it's to do with uh obsec yeah like, well that seems a big thing to miss out why didn't you just wait and print yeah. that in the main book but whatever but that's it i mean someone uh my friend mick was telling me the other day he was like oh chaos space moons are better because they have two wounds now and i was like really and he's like oh just check no they don't i've misread the faq and you're like how can you misread something so dramatic like uh, did that with flamers like imperial flamers got a uh, range increase but chaos flamers didn't no, why yeah it, but it, because you know who wants chaos uh chaos space marines to be good in the game you know they're they're not real space marines no you want you want iron <laughs> hands that's the, they're the best it, it's one of these things it's like I, I i'm not a fan of space marines i, I really hate space marines and it kind of hampers 40k for me because they lean so hard into it like, you know, because obviously when I started, it was like, hey, the Imperium's this big thing, but look at all these other cool races and stuff. Look at the Tyranids and, you know, and things like that. And, you know, and now they're kind of like, it's Space Marines and friends. <laughs> they do they do provide, what is it, something like 60% of their income. <laughs> oh, you know, it, it's one Financially, of these, you can see why, but it's, it's like... It's one a, of those things. It's fully understandable from a company point of view, but... It's annoying as a fan. <laughs> but then you ask, like, well, people only buy Space Marines, but that's because you only push Space Marines. So it, it, are you, is it like a self-fulfilling um, prophecy? That... Wait, that's exactly it. And it's it's wonderful that Games Workshop are now listening to things. I mean, the, the new Slanesh releases coming out for Age of Sigma are, they are absolutely amazing. And it's got me sort of checking my phone and checking my windows because I think someone's spying on me because of how perfect <laughs> they are. Because like I literally, because I, I I run like a a big Slanesh group on Facebook called. That's not a euphemism, everyone. That's not a euphemism. <laughs> oh, it is. Um, <laughs> check out my OnlyFans at. Uh, <laughs> That's my Cl- line. Glory, baby. <laughs> but no, uh, and. 
and sorry, I run this big group, and all the stuff we're talking about there, there's, you know, I know a couple of people who work at Games Workshop, and you go, wow, this probably has gone straight to the designers, or that we were so on point with what we believed Slanesh was all about, and that's what the designers have done, because because we were all complaining that there wasn't like gluttony, like it was literally, oh, it's all like sexy or savagery. There was no sort of all the other stuff where it was like, yeah. you know, because essentially Slanesh is the deadly sins. And yeah, just... now we've got this amazing gluttonous guy on a big chariot who's not that expensive. It's like this huge model. And it's like, I think it's coming out on Saturday, well, pre-order on Saturday for like 75 quid. And you're like, that's cool when that awful techless model is like 105 <laughs> or something. <laughs> but, you know, you literally just like, oh, it's a Sphinx and I stuck a bloke on. And you're like, that's oh, it's, no uh, one like asked for that. I like his um, MC Hammer parachute well, pants. So. I I did it. I think when it got announced, I um, started. I trolled someone by basically photoshopping it into a picture of people doing the YMCA <laughs> <laughs> like letters. Because I was just like, "What the? This is techless. Why does he have this haggard old man face and MC Hammer pants? And like, couldn't they have tied him into the thing? It, it just seems weird. It's like." Call me cynical, but it's like when we have loads of releases that are really good and you go, wow, you really care about the fans and you're doing something and this is great fan service and the price is fair, then the whole Lumineff thing is like this very like, hey, here's five horsemen for 36 quid and they look weird, you know, like and then and then here, hey, here's Techless and we, we haven't really spent much time with him. We've just gone, oh, how can we make Techless cost £105? Oh, we'll give him a big beast. Yeah, cool. And how are we going to tie him into the beast? Oh, are we going to have him riding? No, we'll just stick him on. Well, it says like, oh, it, it's he's such a, that, that that whatever it is, it's, oh, it's its own sentient being, so he wouldn't ride it because he's got too much respect for it or something like that. Well, yeah. ha, have then him... give it a different unit. Sell yeah, it or... as a different model. Sell yeah. him as like a 10 quid clam pack. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, that's fine. Uh, Put him, yeah, standing on the ground next to him or, or something, just hovering next to him. Just looks. Uh, it, I, I don't like it. it. It's 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 very weird, and it's it's an yeah. odd choice. But but I forgot what we were talking about before. But it was the idea of like that's my my that's my techless rant. But it's wonderful with the Slanesh stuff that it's so on point, and I really want loads of it. I mean, I just I need to confirm first that it'll fit on squares, because obviously I've given up on Age of Sigmar, but it would be great to get the, what are they called? Something silly and copyrightable. Um, what is it? Myrmidesh Painbringers or something. You know, so yeah. something where they've obviously typed it into a, a search feature and gone like, oh, what what doesn't exist yet? What doesn't have a copyright on Trademark that. Yeah, you know. Um, so you've and, given and, up on AOS, because you... you... Sort of, although didn't like it, but you still had a foot in AOS, and I, <clears throat> I followed it for a while because I w I was hopeful. Like AOS was a, AOS was a real shame because when when fantasy died, like the end times was amazing because like you know fantasy had all kind of died off like in my area because you know I got back into it at the end of seventh edition, beginning of eighth edition, and then had like five amazing years of fantasy, but where there weren't many players because it's a hard sell, like. You know, how how were you supposed to get new players in where, you know, it's the era of like the PlayStation 2, the PlayStation 3, and you're going, hey, guys, do you want to pay like 300 quid on models and then 100 quid on paints and then 50 quid on a rule book and then 30 quid on an army book uh, and all the tools and stuff like that and then spend like months of your life painting all these guys so you can play this game with me? Or do you want to buy a PlayStation 3? 
uh, and you know, and it, it was a very, very hard sell because of the amount of models you needed for fantasy. That's it was the problem. A... That's why, the, the, unfortunately, everything I love about fantasy are the reasons it's that it's dead. <laughs> it's just a awkward thing. Such a high cost of entry. Horde rules means you've got to have. You know, if you want to win, you've got to have big units, and it's just too expensive. Well, well, that's it, and you know, and Games Workshop didn't help because you know, Games Workshop—they're much better. They're so much better than they were back when fantasy was a thing, because their whole strategy was kind of going, "Oh, no one's playing fantasy because we kind of we're not really doing anything with it, and we're kind of just going, oh, space means cells, so we're just focusing on 40k, right? Okay, well, um, we'll make it more expensive then. That'll get more people in, and <laughs> and so you know, they released like the new witch elves, and they're like, okay, cool. So these effectively work in units of 40, and we're going to make them 30 pounds for 10 of them. And then they need a cauldron, and the cauldron, what's a good what's a good price for the cauldron? Because it's, you know, it's about the size of a screaming belt. We're going to make it 60 quid. Um, <laughs> or something, and, you, you know, is it 60 quid? It's like 45 or 60 quid. It's ludicrous. Um, and that's one unit. <laughs> yeah, and you just go, oh, cool, that's, um, that's 400 points. Cool, so you need another 1,600 points. And you sort of sit there being like, and everyone's like, why did fantasy fail? Oh, is it because people weren't interested? Is it because the rules were rubbish? And you're like, why are we having this discussion? Like, <laughs> it's really difficult though, because you want to support your stores. Because I have, because I have friends who work at, um, I have friends who work at like games workshops, and you want to go in and be like, hey, I want to contribute to your monthly quota because the monthly quotas are awful. You know where, you know they kind of it's that whole company thing of going, hey, you managed to sell this many last month, do it again. Um, well, that means you can get twice as many next month. Yeah, and then it keeps building up. It's like it's like councils having to spend their full budget in order to get <laughs> the same money the next year. And you're like, well, that's a terrible way of doing it. You know, it's like there, there needs to be like a, you know, like an understanding of the needs of things and going, hey, that was a fluky month. But, um, but you know, I want to support them, but you can't. Like, it's like I'm not going to go into the into a store physically just to go onto their machine to order the direct only models which is the only place where i can get like all of the stuff i use so that it gets delivered to the store that i then need to go in i'm like or i could just order from home and get free delivery you know or order from um like uh well justin at the battle bunker where he can get like 10 percent off because he's like a flag store is it what are they call flagship stores uh, like third party sale, yeah, you know. affiliate or something like that. Yeah, yeah, and then get ten percent off. And when you're buying like sort of like three boxes of witch elves, you're like, oh, that's like nine quid. That's all right, you know, better than nothing. Um, and it's difficult because you can't support stores because Games Workshop are like, oh, well, no, we don't put those on the shelves anymore, or you know, or and you get them if you do get them, they're in the generic like no frills white box, and like, uh. yes. <laughs> Well, they, they, it's it's a crime. It's a crime on ink. You just like just <laughs> give me a printed box, you know. Well, you have people. They had some. I was ordering because I'm stupidly started a Noblar's army, which we were discussing in the chat, and I think it's a doomed project because I've realised how many Noblars I would actually need for a two thousand point list because they are two points each. I think. <laughs> So have you got some gold to sell to fund this? I, I, I think I, I think I might have to start the OnlyFans actually in order to fund <laughs> this. But, uh, all, all that delicious put, YouTube gold. I'll put the link below. <laughs> um, anyway, um, I'll not do the how did you get into the hobby thing because we've done forty minutes of uh, random chat, which is that'll do. I'm happy with that. Um, we decided to go for villains. 
And I specifically said, don't do the edgelord thing and say, oh, uh, Finnebar is the real villain. But I suspect, <laughs> you, I suspect you might have. <laughs> I, I will admit, like, because uh, when I was writing down the list of villains, like, 40k is weird because I don't really pay much attention to 40k lore anymore because, like, I don't like Space Marines and try finding a Black Library novel that doesn't involve Space Marines in some way. I mean, I, I got I got an orc one where the promise was like, "Hey, it's you know, it's uh, it's like um, what's it called? Cunning, uh, cunning plan? Is it no? Uh, oh, it's it's very good. It's but it's really good. And then it just goes, oh, and now here's chapters about the Imperium. And then it's got like you know, um, Adeptus Mechanicus and stuff. And I'm like, shut up, don't care, don't get. Just give me orcs. Just give me an entire book that's all from the orcs' perspective. Give me a whole book where it's just the Tau, where it's just Necrons. Stop having to put the Imperium in. Because it makes it very difficult to get invested in the lore when you don't enjoy, like, half the characters. <laughs> that's that's a fair point. So um, there's not many 40k uh, people on my list. It's mainly fantasy. I've got, um, I've got three fantasy and two 40k. Mm. Uh, I've gone a bit off-piste with this because I didn't want to pick anyone too obvious. Um, I find this really difficult. I don't know whether it's because it's like the whole both series are like grim dark. Mm. Um, the villains aren't necessarily all villainous, um, <laughs> and they've got some might have some. Do you think this might be because a you're a space marine player and you're also a high elf player, and it could it be that <laughs> thing where it's like, oh, if 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 you can't see the annoying person at the party, then it means it's you. Possibly, <laughs> you know? possibly. So that, yeah, you're but the that, real villain. That, that could be the case. But, um, <laughs> if it is, I'll cut it out. Uh, so I've gone a bit. With, did you? I, I found this really difficult. Like, um, and the last one, I, I went <clears> through a couple of choices before I picked <clears> one, which I was quite happy with. Um, did you have any honourable mentions, or did you find it? I do. I have. I, I had one that was an edge lord. I had one. <laughs> I, had, I had two that are edge lords ones, and obviously one of them is Belshanar, uh, yeah. the pretender Phoenix King, uh, right, stealing Malakith's rightful place. Yeah. Um, well, it, it's odd though because obviously doing all the dark elf lore and like reading it more thoroughly than I did, you know, back when I sort of got the book. Uh, it's the idea of there's loads of Phoenix Kings where it's a bit like it's insult to injury because they're a bit crap. So you've got like people like Aethys where they're a bit of a dickhead. Like, and... He's just a bit like wet, isn't he, Aethys? Well, yeah, that, just, that's yeah. it. it. It's one of these things where they just kind of, you know, you, you have ones where you're like, oh, okay, they're they're amazing. Like, uh, is it Finubar's the 8th edition one? He's the current like one, the, yeah. Yeah. And, you know, he's amazing because he's doing all this stuff and he's going, hey, we're going to trade with other lands and we're going to do this and we're going to build the empire and we're going to help the world. He's and then Aethys is like, I'm going to do some macrame. And yeah, exactly. I'm going to, oh, <laughs> like, let's, well, build, we'll, let's build another temple. We'll, we'll disband the army. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll spend the money on a poetry competition. <laughs> and it's that kind of thing where you're just like, and Malekith's there being like, should be my job. <laughs> you know, should yeah. be me. You know, and it, and 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 it's difficult not to look at him and just be like, "Yeah, actually, you probably should be in charge. Like, you probably should have a crack at this." You know, they do pick a few odd choices. The, uh, the yeah, but, um, princes. Because I had um, I had Belshanar in it, and I've forgotten because I didn't write down who the other honourable mention was. But I think it was like someone who was a bit too obvious. Like it's, I think it was Sigvald the Magnificent. 
because I thought you would pick him because I love I love Sigvald the Magnificent. He's one of my favorite things. I'm so glad that they're bringing him back, even though he's ludicrous demon prince size and has horns stuck on. And I'm surprised they haven't changed his name to something copyrightable. But um, but uh, I I absolutely love him. But when I think about it, he's not a villain. He's just a dickhead. He's just <laughs> a narcissist. And and on my list, it's been very difficult because what I class as a villain is someone who is evil with intent. Where, yeah, that was hard. Because because the problem is in in 40k and like chaos, like so the Tyranids and chaos, they're not evil like they're not villains because that's all they know like they're it's their nature it's like you wouldn't say oh uh, a wasp stings someone therefore it's a villain it's like going well no that's kind of what wasps do they're just dicks yeah um, so i've tried to think of people who are genuinely who could who have the the choice to kind of go either way and with sigvald he's not evil he's just he's like I want to do this, so I'm going to do this. And that's that. You know, he's like, oh, I'm bored of this village, so I'm going to burn it down. Or, oh, this guy, like, looks ugly to me. I'm going to kill him. And it's and it's not villainous. It's not, he's not evil. He's just, yeah. Oh. It's the same with the Chaos Gods. They're just doing what they oh, know. That. Burning down villages isn't evil. Um, I, I, <laughs> I did a total edgelord thing for my honorable mention, which is Age of Sigmar for killing fantasy. <laughs> the true villain of fantasy. <laughs> yeah, the real villain. Um, <laughs> do you want to go first then, or shall I? Uh, I'll go first, and I've got like this is this is my odd off the wall one. This is my um, this is my lots of people will probably not agree and think, oh well, there should have been someone better on this. But I'm going to go. We've already mentioned him. I'm going to go with Moonclaw. Ooh. For Beastmen. And he's an odd choice, but it's simply this idea of what he represents to the fantasy world. Even though he's just this random little special character that they stuck into, like, you know, the 8th edition fantasy book. Um, he's essentially a Lovecraftian horror. Like, he's, the you know, a meteor falls from Morsleeb, like a warp stone meteor falls from warp... Uh, falls from Morsleeb, hits the, you know, hits the earth, cracks open, and it's an egg. And then this creature crawls out of it, you know, that looks kind of like a beast man, but isn't. Like, it's, like, totally alien. And then everyone, all the beast men just go, oh, you look a bit like a weirdo, so you must be one of us. Yay! And then he just talks in his own language. He's irrecoverably insane. And then all he does is try to tear down religious monuments and, you know, desecrate sort of... Uh, you know, like desecrate sacred sites. And he's not chaos. You know, he's not he's not chaos. He's not of this world. And I like the idea that in fantasy, where the idea of demons and stuff is so normalized because of chaos, we just have this alien who's, you know, you, you could totally roll with it and have like this whole like, you know, you could have him like infecting like the thing, like John Carpenter's the thing, have him like infecting other races and sort of, you know, and then having an army that's basically all you know, dark elves that have been corrupted and are fighting alongside like orcs that have been corrupted and stuff, and they're all it's part of this alien body snatchers kind of thing. Like that's a bit like the blob, how that turns out. Yeah. And 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 I, I love the idea of just going because he's just he's a he's an alien intelligence that just destroys everything. And yeah, I love that. And I I think it's nice just to have this little sort of, oh yeah, and here's a thing that happened as well. And you're like, could you elaborate on that? That sounds amazing. You <laughs> know. Um, I'd never heard of him before. Um, before my obsession. Before, before your, you played uh, Alan. So um, he's just some alien egg that landed on the Warhammer world. Yeah, he did, like a meteor fell to earth. Like, you know how we have with um, Mordheim, 
where you oh, know a big warpstone meteor hits the earth. Like one of them just fell in like oh, where is it? It's near but it's the Beastmen uh you know, uh forests near Britonia and the Empire and stuff. And basically it just fell to earth, leveled everything, and then it was an egg and he came out of it. And you're like, is there an intention there? Is there another god leading this, or is more sleep conscious? You know. Hmm. And I was gonna say, I, so I, what's his plan then? What's his um it just it seems to just be destroyed, but then you go, what if there's not? What if there is something like a thing where he's like trying to take over? It, I think it's this idea of he might not be a villain yet in the law, but I would love to elaborate on it and be like he is like a harbinger of something far more terrifying that's not chaos, that's not Nagash. So he's almost like a fantasy tyrannid then. Kind of, yeah. I, I think he's more like the I think he's more Lovecraft. So he's more. The, you know, like the sort of horror from the stars, you know, like, because Tyranids are very alien based, like, you know, the film Alien. Um, whereas I think sort of Lovecraft is more the kind of unspeakable horror because it's so different oh, so, to what we know and stuff. So Eldritch that's just horror. like, yeah, so that's something of, there's something even worse coming behind it. Yeah, like, and and that's it. And we kind of go like, "Hey, here's the one world." Oh, it's it's you know the the good guys, the forces of order against chaos. And then you have got Nagash in the background being like, "I don't care who wins because I win." Um, but so it's almost like another faction of yeah, like it's um, like, a, and I'd love to have that. Like you know, have like a non-aligned force because I think Kings of War have it. I think Kings of War have an army. It's a bit of a cop-out army, but it's like where basically goes, hey, they can control other races, so you just use units from other races in this, and it's like going, you don't have the model range, do you? But um, <laughs> you know, but but then again, Kings of War is great because it allows people to just go, I'm going to use this My Little Pony, and that's that's my dragon. There we go. So what, what's hey, his um, what's his greatest hits? And has he destroyed much of Bretonia or He's anywhere literally, that might it's matter? Just one page. It's just one page. We don't <laughs> we don't know how he fits in in the context. Of things, I think he might be mentioned in the timeline, like on the Beastman timeline. But they didn't, you know, because it was like they didn't get an eighth edition book. It's kind of pre oh, the yeah. very dedicated history sections. And but the fact is, I like him because of his potential to be a villain. Yeah. What's his rules like then? Because awful. <laughs> <laughs> He's bloody terrible, but that's why I love him. That's a trend of most special characters. He has, what does it have? He's a level one wizard who can take like Law of the Wild or is it Law of Shadow? Yeah. He can ride on his uh, steed Umbralock, uh, which is a big beastie thing that it doesn't really go into detail with. It just goes the great mutated beast Umbralock uh, that basically just makes him easier to shoot. Because um, <laughs> you don't want to put him into units because he his special ability is that at the beginning of every turn for both players, every unit within 12 inches of him needs to take a stupidity check because uh, he, he drives them insane. So obviously, if you put him into a unit, they have a very high chance of not doing anything that turn and just being stupid, especially with Beastman's leadership. So you're just like... Well, might be seven, is it? Oh. Yeah, so it's kind of like going, okay, this is a, this is a total gamble, but I, I love the chaos of it. Like, I love the idea of just the entire army like mutating around him and everyone else just like going nuts and because when you get him to the enemy it's great because obviously like he makes all of the enemy units stupid and stuff but it's getting him there without him being shot because i don't think there's any units he can join if he's on umberlock because technically he's cavalry but there's no way you could model it on a cavalry base so i kind of just i put him in with dogs but then 
because he's immune to his uh, stupidity. But obviously, well, if you put him into a unit, he's yeah. not. So it's basically <laughs> so. What, so a lot of the time, I've had it where it's going, "Hey, take, he's in a unit. Oh, the unit fails, so he can't do anything." Great. <laughs> so but, you, you pick the self harm special character for your first choice. Yes, that's it. It is. It's it's there. <laughs> right. How's is he described then, or is it just? Like in the old fourth edition, where you would just get a name and a profile, and that was it. No, he's described. He has a, he has like a full page description where it talks about like what I've mentioned so far and whatnot. But you can tell that he's just they just added him to the book because he doesn't have a model. He has one bit of artwork. I'm, I'm speaking with a friend at the moment who's an actual artist uh, to get some proper Moonclaw art done because the only art of him is like a John Blanche like sketch. And obviously, you know how they are, like in the Chaos Demons book, where they're not detailed. They give like a, a silhouette and they give like the sort of vagaries of it. And, you know, yeah, but you don't kind of go, oh, what, what's his eye color? What's this or stuff like that? Um, and so I'm trying, you know, I'm getting like a, a sketch, like a proper drawing of him done just so we can kind of flesh it out and be like, what if he looks like this? Like, what if this is how Moonclaw looks? And then hopefully I can expand on it with like fan rules and stuff. That'd be interesting. Yeah. Because yeah, there's all sorts of like <clears throat> neglected characters and things. Well, there's ne- Beastmen are sort of a neglected faction. <laughs> yeah, know? like all of them. Uh, yeah. Oh, very good. Yeah, what's your first? Uh, my first, uh, you might like this one, is Hellebron. Mm. Um, <laughs> I didn't even think about Hellebron, but then you're just like going, she literally murders everyone. Well, <laughs> you know, that, she's I, like... I thought about... Malekith and I thought about Marathi they're obvious choices um, they because Hellebron's basic um, background is she's some daughter of some elven lord she really likes Marathi and wants to be part of her inner circle she has to join the inner circle <laughs> Marathi says no you've got no magical talent whatsoever uh, you're useless uh, whatever so she joins the cult of Cain. You, you're making you're making the cult of Cain sound a bit, or like the sorceress of Gron sound a bit like Mean Girls. <laughs> <laughs> is that, is that how you imagine? Like, isn't Marathi? that? Yeah. <laughs> she she's got you know. You can't like, sit with us, and she's like Marathi's mm. like the cheerleader, and she's the <laughs> nerd girl who you know they tart the, up the, towards the, the nerd end. girl who the the nerd girl who is like what is it? Weapon skill ten, yeah. strength ten, <laughs> yeah, like. So she joins this cult of Cain, um, ushers out the previous priest of Cain, saying, you're not yeah. extreme enough. We say um, usher. Well, Do we killed. mean murder? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> mur- yeah murders. Um, I didn't realize she introduced the um, fighting with basically wearing nothing technique. So she's, <laughs> she's good at that. If you've um, got it, flaunt it. Exactly. So she knows what she's doing. Uh, she kills her own mother, mm-hmm. who says... This Cain thing's gone a bit too far, Hellebron. <laughs> you might want to rethink it. Calm no. down, dear. You know, yeah. have a cup of tea, rethink it. You know, kills her. Um, her well, in the sundering and all that. She gets eventually defeated by Kalador and sent off to um, Nagaroth. Mm. Um, but the reason I picked her rather than Malekith and Rathi is because Malekith and Rathi use Cain as just an excuse. Like, oh, actually. Um, yeah, we're all in favor of Kane. He's the real one, an, an army's um, avatar or whatever. Mm. Um, Hellebron really believes it. Uh, she's She's been part of this cult from the start. 
And yeah. she's got sort of like she's got the fervor of the the zealot. So she thinks she's doing this. She's a real believer, whereas I don't think Marathi and Malekith are. I think it's they a, just use it as a, a tool of political control. It's a weird one because it's like because I don't think the episode's out, but the I've just read the last like the seven page of the Dark Elves in the latest episode that I'm editing at the moment, and it goes into the weirdness of Cain, like as a as a deity, because like all he cares about is murder. Like mm. so, so you know that there, there isn't like a proper way to worship him. Except no. for murder people, killing field. and so uh, you know, and so I think Malekith kind of is like a fervent worshiper, like but like because he wants to murder, so it's like a sort of quite a good deal, really. Um, because I think there's a story of um, uh, Kuran, uh, Kuran Darkheart, is it? He's uh, Darkheart. the Black Guard captain, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. And um, I've forgotten his surname. I've just read it. Um, but yeah, uh, and Kuran like is on an expedition and they lose the favor of Cain because they haven't killed anyone in a while and they haven't sacrificed anyone in a while. So he has to kill his own troops in order for Cain's favor to come back to them. <laughs> uh, and then they win the battle. But then he's like, oh, I have 10 guys left. Time to escape. Uh, and it's, I think it's him or is it, is it him or is it Talaris Dreadbringer? It might Talari be Talaris Dreadbringer. Talaris is the executioner guy, so it's yeah, probably... It might be him. Yeah. Um, but it's this idea, and that's like, and that was him fighting on a murder quest with like Hellebron herself. And it's wonderful to have these tangible gods, like the idea that there's genuinely a god who will help you out, rather, rather than like the Empire, where it's like a speculative god, where they kind of believe that Sigmar's a god, and they're praying, and then things are happening, but they don't... There's, you know, like Sigmar's no not interacting with the other gods, whereas the Elven Pantheon are like, hey, we're just going to go and like uh, troll Slanesh for a bit, or oh, we're just going to go and like, um, you know, uh, have a chat to Moor and whatnot. And it's. But that's like um, another reason is uh, what you're saying about killing their own people. Um, Death Knight? <laughs> yeah. That's, we're, we're very on the cusp of extinction <laughs> as, a, as a race entirely. If you've build up the Wood Elves, High Elves, and Dark Elves, you take them all together, you know, we're on the way out. Um, as the Dark Elf faction, we're like a remnant of the High Elves, yeah. and then we're going to sacrifice, we're going to dedicate a day to murdering our own people. The, 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 it is, it is terrifying. Like, you know, because I didn't even think, I didn't even consider Hellebron, because I kind of see her as a bit of a tragic character, because she's like, you know, because Marathi is like, uh, treated her so badly, and you know, she's kind of, you know, and like you say, she is a bit deluded where she's kind of like, hey, you know, like Cain loves me and stuff. And I'm like the bride of Cain. And yeah, and Cain's just like, don't know who you are, but he's yeah. killing. <laughs> yeah. um, no idea. <laughs> Wait, what What do you mean cauldrons? I never made any cauldrons. What, just just, just stab someone. I don't give a fuck. You know, just, <laughs> yeah. you know the, what, that, what with all the ceremony? Just murder. Yeah, because um, Marathi <laughs> screws her right over. Like, oh, yeah, there's there's a, a cauldron bathing this for eternal, uh, eternal with an asterisk next yeah. to it. Um, and, they, you... and they've done like a dick dastardly thing where she's yeah. sort of like sneaking away being like, oh, 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 oh. <laughs> little does she know, you know. Uh, Trixie Marathi. It only works for like a couple of months now, doesn't it, to keep her young and then she turns yeah. back into a ancient crone for the rest of the year. But she can't, she's, she's trapped. She can't say, I'm not having the, uh, take your, your gifts back, I don't want them. She's bound to Marathi now because if yeah. she turns that, if she takes them back, like, well, you know, just a horrendously old elf um, who apparently can still kick ass. We so, like, like if we talk about rules, Hellebron, Hellebron is what I would class as the 
strongest fighter in all of Warhammer Fantasy 8th edition. Oh, it's insane. She's not the best character. Like, you know, because obviously she's a glass cannon. She has yeah. no armor. She only gets a ward save if she's in a unit with like a black cauldron. Um, a cauldron of blood, sorry. Uh, but the fact is, like her profile, what is it? She's like weapon skill 10. Uh, yeah, she's like weapon skill 10. She has like... She's got poison. Six, she has, she has six frenzy. attacks. Six attack attacks plus two for frenzy plus d3 because of a weapon and then yeah. she's got paired weapons so paired she's weapons. basically seven to ten attacks you know eight to ten attacks oh strikes um, first re-rolling yeah. always wounds. wounds on twos yeah uh, and i think she does d3 wounds as well or something so she's an absolute beast and so you just go yeah she could probably one turn archeon or nagash you know if they were bad on their ward saves as long as but then as soon as they attack back you yeah. know so if, if she because obviously if she if you had uh, Hellebron versus a lone monster, that monster is dead. That that yeah. character is dead. But then if it's against a unit, then there would be no player that doesn't go, okay, you've killed my lord. The unit is going to all attack, you know, Hellebron yeah. now. You know, oh, she's got two wounds so, and no armor save. Yeah, Great. Still toughness three. It's not... <laughs> Ooh, toughness three. <laughs> Can't penetrate that elven toughness. Um, <laughs> yeah, but that sort of matches her... The um, the theme of yeah uh, the witch elves and she's the the top witch elf. Um, it's it's again it's reflected well in her rules. I think uh, that's it. I didn't think about her because I think of her a tragic character. But you're right that she's probably murdered thousands oh, yeah. of people. Well murdered over thousands of her own, of her own people. <laughs> Anyone you know like yeah. you know, like the, the the story I was talking about with her and Talaris is that she just goes. Oh, we're kind of running out of people, so we're going to need loads of orgies to get loads of like you know newborns and stuff, and rebuild the population because we went a bit crazy last death night. Uh, okay, well let's go to other lands and just murder everyone we see. Yeah, I don't know why anyone <laughs> lives in Harganeth. Where's the where's the perk? Like every once every year, you've got to barricade your house into a fortress in case which else. Well, it was the purge on. before it was cool. Yeah, that's that's basically. Right. Yeah. And then they throw. Like in children, they throw the male children into cauldrons of blood, and if they survive, they become assassins. And they kidnap the girl children to take um, to become new witch elves. And all this infrastructure, all this, like as you say before, like Kane's like whatever. And there's got all this infrastructure <laughs> that she's behind, and it's like I think that's why she's villainous because she's yeah. The dark elves were, um, uh, well, depending on whose opinion you take. Yeah, a bit a bit bad, but she seems to have picked up the ball, seen an opportunity at the start of the Dark Elf uh, Nation, and just ran with it. And like, oh yeah, we've got this. We're now following Kane, and here's how it's going to be done. And it's like this is horrific. Uh, yeah, I would not like to live there. I, I think it's that thing of like how how long does an excuse last for? So it's like, oh, you know, you, oh, Marathi tricked you, and you know, you're not forever young and stuff, and you're like a haggard crone for most of the year. You've killed a lot of people. <laughs> How many people does it take until that excuse stops working? <laughs> and you're still you're still no closer to getting one back on uh, Marathi. So why did you do it? <laughs> <laughs> no, I like it. I, I I like the idea of Hellebron, and I, I'll probably be fielding her, but I don't expect it to last very long. So uh, this that famous, uh, infamous mini wargaming. Uh, have you seen it? Where it's mm. the one where he takes the ward save and the regen save for the no. uh, anyway, but he does Cheeky. use yeah, but he, he just murders his way through dwarfs. 
You know, like, this is toughness seven, dwarf lore, like, yeah, dead. That's um, it. You've got to be at least this high to win this battle, I'm afraid. <laughs> Just, yeah, what are you going to do? Avoid it. I, I played it at, um, you, you went at the one at Worcester, didn't you, like two years ago? Yes, yes, I think I did. Yeah, I, I played against it there, and all I could do is like, I had the White Lion Horde, like, I, I'm not, don't fancy the chances there. I just avoid it. Yeah. I, I think <laughs> that's it. Like, I find, I find that very good in 8th edition, where basically, yes, you can put tons and tons of points into a Death Star, but then if the enemy ignores it, like with Undead, you just go, that's great. Here's 100 zombies. Yeah, chew through that. Uh, and then you're like, hey, great. So that's you held up for the game, you know, because, and, that's what I find myself doing. I find myself in 40k where people had like in 8th edition where they had like, no, it's 7th edition where they had like Necron Lich Guard units where it's like, oh, it's got like a, a three up save and then like a three up re-rollable ward save or something. And then the Lord was ignored all wounds and they bounced to the guys next to him and stuff. And I was like, oh, cool. I'll just ignore them then. Yeah. And and you're like, oh, that's like, you know, three quarters of your army in one unit. You know, yeah, just take the rest of it and ignore that. Yeah, you can still win that way. Yeah, that was mine, Hellebron. I thought she was sufficiently villainous, killing her own people, starting a murder cult <laughs> based on just because she thought she would. Um, being a general, I, I, I think we need to be more understanding. I mean, you know, everyone, <laughs> everyone's got their reasons for starting a murder cult and murdering thousands of men, women, children, babies. It's probably hundreds of thousands. The the amount of time she's been alive now. But I think that's the weird thing because it was like someone was pointing out, like someone asked on one of the groups, like, "Oh, who's the oldest like being in Warhammer in the Warhammer world?" And they were like, "Oh, Nagash." And you're like, "No, no. <laughs> Nagash, Nagash is like, what is he like? At, at the, by the end times, he's like two thousand eight hundred or something. He's not particularly." Is it maybe all of that? Maybe like maximum sort of like four thousand years well, or something. He's younger than Cetra, so yeah, he's a lot younger than Cetra. So no, that's it. Because Cetra was already dead by the time I think Nagash long dead. Yeah, because yeah. Nagash is like the last <clears throat> king of Kemri before it all went tit. <laughs> before it kind of went a bit uh, iffy. New plan, but um, yeah. and and you know, and then you look at it and you're like, I think named character wise, like that's still in the game. It's probably Marathi. Yeah, like, I think it is. It's either her you know, or... Because she's ludicrous. She's like 8,000 years well, old because it gets not, a bit vague that far back. You're not entirely sure how old she is because she's rescued, in inverted commas, from a Sunneshi warband by Anerion. Yeah. Um, so, yes, other than, say, Lord Mazda Mundi, who could probably be older than her, but wait, you don't wait, know. That, that's the weird thing, though, because the lizard men didn't they come after the High Elves? So, like, the lizard men were sort of like an, you know, like a... Hey, we're doing this because we don't know when Mazda Mundi was, whether he was of the first birthing of I think he's the, the lizard the, men. He's the most senior one left of the hmm. second spawn, I think. So the lizard men taught the high elves magic when they're all fluffy, but it's very yeah. iffy as to when that all intersects. So it, she could still be. It, it just, it's weird to think about. And you just kind of go like, if you're killing 10 people, even if we just go 10 people a year. And you've been <laughs> around for that long. Same yeah. as Hellebrod, where you just kind of go, okay, so how many people die on Death Knight? Probably about like 700 people get sacrificed and put in the cauldrons. And you go, cool, that happens every year. And you've been around for 4,000 years. <laughs> that's, that's all adding up. That's it. You just get sitting there. Okay, yeah, I, I accept that. I accept that <laughs> Hellebron is a villain and not, not a hero because those babies were evil anyway. <laughs> Alebron <laughs> did nothing wrong. 
<laughs> That's it. Hashtag Hellebron. Hellebron was right. I um, don't support this. What's your next one then? <laughs> my my, na- my next one is I'm annoyed that he's so low down on the list, but I had to think about it. Is my favorite character in all of Warhammer Fantasy, Heinrich Kemmler. Oh, the Lichmaster. Yes, the mighty, mighty Lichmaster. He is. He is my favorite character in all of fantasy, and I think he's probably the oldest character in, like, like rules wise, because I think he's the only character. You know, because I think you had like the what, what was it called, like Drakenfels. I think you had Drakenfels before when it was like before it was like third edition fantasy or fourth edition fantasy, and I think he, Heinrich Kemmler was like 1989 when Wrath of the, of the Lich Master came out, mm. and so he had like he had a crap model. I didn't like it at the time, but then they had the new one, which is still the model. Yeah, <laughs> you know, because that new, lasts like one, 30 years. The new one from the early 90s? <laughs> yeah. With but, his um, bat staff. That's it. I, I love it, the little skill stuff. But um, he is, yeah, I think he's a good example of someone who is intentionally evil and actually dangerous. Like, it's not just like a guy plotting in his house being like, oh, one day, one day I'll show them. He's like... And and I think it's range. You know how we were saying with Moonclaw, where we don't know what he's done. We don't know yeah. if he's bothered Bretonia or if he's like attacked the High Elves. Heinrich Kemmler has. He's he's fucked everyone up. Like you know, it's like all <laughs> his his life is just like oh, he went he goes and beats chaos up for a bit. Then he goes and uh, does the Battle of Le Maisontal Abbey, uh, and he kills the, the Duke of Montfort, and he uh, goes and attacks the Empire for a bit, and then he goes and you know. Uh, you know, and then and then it's like if he ends up taking on like tomb kings and stuff, it's like he he's and and he's very good. And the Wood Elves, he the Battle of the Cairns, where he sort of takes on the Wood Elves in Athol Lauren and actually gets away, which is That's terrifying. <laughs> yeah, well, it's one of these things where they're like he just travels on his own. He's just like. I I I think that's what started me actually getting into Warhammer Fantasy. It might actually be that long ago that they had a battle report that was like Heinrich Kemmler. You know how we have big swathes of lore now that yeah. just started off as like the preamble to a battle report in White Dwarf, and yeah. then they've kind of rolled with it. I think there was like a the Battle of the the Cairns where uh, Heinrich Kemmler was just this old man going through Athol Lauren who'd like masked his like power and stuff and the wood elves were like watching him being like there's an old guy in the forest do we shoot him and everyone's like i don't know he's just a weird old man let's leave him and then heinrich kemmler sort of gets to the cairnstones which foolishly the wood elves have gone hey all of the enemies that we've ever killed we'll put them in one place <laughs> under these cairnstones <laughs> <laughs> and then obviously heinrich kemmler... yeah that's it and then heinrich kemmler gets there and he's like Ta-da! And raises this fucking massive undead army in the middle of Athaluron, uh, and the Wood Elves like, oh, oh, that wasn't expected. You <laughs> know, it's odd though because Krell appears at some point. I don't really like the fact that Krell's there because it's like, how did he sneak him in? Was he in a bag? Did he have a rucksack with like this sort of you know seven foot tall chaos warrior in? He's like, oh, unassembled. That's like, yeah, you know, that's going to take ages to reassemble a Krell. You know, it's like IKEA instructions where, you know, they try to make it universal so there's no words. So it's just pictures being like, oh, this is where you connect to the Chaos Helmet. This is where you are. What the books of Nagash are written in, just pictorial. uh... (laughs) Or just IKEA IKEA instructions with the nail it to a wall because otherwise it'll fall down. Didn't see that coming. Screw Uh, it in. 
<laughs> so what for those who don't might not know, what what's his background and is he pledged to the gash or is he just No, that's the, that's the great thing about it. Heinrich Kemmler's like he's in it for himself, but he's technically chaos. He's technically a chaos worshipper. Um because his backstory is that he's just evil from the get-go. Like he's a he was a young guy who started learning necromancy. And this is the scary thing, because it goes, he started learning it as a young man, and by the age of 40, he was able to raise, you know, skeletons. And you're like, that's a commitment. <laughs> like we don't we don't give necromancers the credence they, you know, the, the credit <laughs> they deserve. Because it's like you get the impression that it's sort of like, you know, an empire guy is like, no, well, I went to school for five years, now I can use the law of fire. Um Well, that's like um uh, the College of Magic are like a university and he's like doing a correspondence course in necromancy, which might take <laughs> a bit longer. That's it. It's a, but um, yeah, and then he sort of learns necromancy. I think he finds like one of the uh, book, nine books of Nagash. And then he learns necromancy, immediately starts attacking everyone. And, uh, and yeah, and pretty much beasts the world because it kind of describes how he just takes on everyone so he takes on all of the other undead rulers so it has him fighting against like vampire covens so he's fighting against multiple necroc sort of lords at once that are working together against him and he beats them all and then steals their stuff and goes hey look at these fancy artifacts they're mine now um and then takes on yeah and that's how he gets the title lich master because he like actually kills a you know, millennia-old lich. And it's just, yeah, just badass, because, like, he's just all out for himself, intentionally evil, but then everyone bands against him, so all of his enemies band together. They finally defeat him, and then they drive, and then he, he defeats them, but the force he has to use to defeat them shatters his mind, so he goes crazy, and then just kind of forgets who he is and stuff and stumbles off into the mountains, so he spends years uh, stumbling through the mountains as a madman until he comes across the tomb of Krell, which is like a burial mound with like a plaque that Sigmar put there being like, hey, you were one of Nagash's general. We should probably destroy these bones. But no, let's carefully bury them and then sort of, you know, the, put a, a big you know, like, arrow pointing at Yeah, like a big... Here. Yeah, well, one of the, one of the um, blue blue circle plates we get in the UK where it goes like, oh, someone famous lived here. It's just one of them being like, here lies Krell. He fucked a lot of people over. Um, you know, um, but you have, and then he ra and then basically he's just like, he gets a glimmer of what he used to be. And he's like, this is really important. And there's loads of dark magic here. So he prays to the chaos gods to go, hey, I'll do your bidding if you give me my mind and powers back. And then they do, they answer the call and then they, um, he raises Krell back and then goes, oh, back in business. And then they get back to beating up Bretonia. Uh, the Battle of Bazontal Abbey, I think he allies with the Skaven uh, because they want an artifact. So he teams up with them because he just wants to kill Bretonia. He's just like, yay, that's my... Like, I think so, there's more reason to it, but, you know, I can't remember. So he's like totally... Um, what's the word? Not mercenary, but like he's... Uh, yeah. He's not aligned with a particular... Uh, well, purely for personal... Yeah, and, and then in, the, in or... the end times, I know you don't like the end times, but I think there's a lot of amazing lore we can take from the end times because I think it's like, I like it. I like end times in, you know, I think it's like when it got to like the, the book Cain. Like I love, I, you know, we disagree, but I love the idea of actually Malekith was the chosen one all along. Because yeah, 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 yeah. I think that's a wonderful twist. That's a wonderful arc of going, oh God, everything could have been so happy. 
it's got you know, like it, to do with the fact that you're a <clears throat> dark elf apologist. Yeah, but, but I, I love that. But the problem is that's past the point of when the end times got silly. Like that's past the point of, you know, I love that story thread. But in the Nagash book, we have Heinrich Hemmler working with Ark and the Black and literally trying to undermine Nagash because he refuses to work for Nagash. He's like, nope, I'm my own guy. I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to just, when Nagash has come back, I'm not going to just worship him because because essentially Nagash's goal is to go, hey, everyone needs to die so that I'm the only conscious thing in the universe so that I'm not in danger. And you're like, that's a weird, that weird flex, but uh, we'll roll with it. So is that like two wrongs making a right there for... Well, yeah, I think it's just that Kemler's just, you know, he's out for himself. He's out for himself and he'll do anything. And I think it's that wonderful, in, you know, the, the intent to do harm and the ability to do harm that makes him such a good villain. It's another one that um, I, I, know, I know he exists and I know the model, but it's like I've never <clears> really looked into him at all. Uh, um, I, I think he's great. Like, and rules wise, he's kind of badass. Like, I think. Uh, my what, most hated character. Pardon? What does he appear in a chaos book? Or is he appear in the? He, no, he's vampire counts. He's like because oh, okay. the, the great thing is like I I've always I've never really liked vampires. Like in the I I love the stories of them. Like I love you know like their background to people like Neferata and Wasoran. Like Wasoran nearly made it into this list. Like the pro, uh, what is it? The progenitor of the Necrarch bloodline. Yeah. But he doesn't do anything. Like, unlike Heinrich Emily, he's an evil bloke. He's a danger to the world. But he kind of just stays in his cave and learns necromancy and goes, oh, I found a way to fuse the soul to this weird construct. Ha 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 ha. And then doesn't attack anyone. And so, you know, so he kind of just is behind the scenes. You think he's maybe pulling strings, but, you know, he's just a bit ineffective. Uh, so like so he doesn't make the list. Whereas more... Heinrich Emily's like, he is dangerous. And he's, you know, like he, he's like we say with Hellebron, killed a lot of people. <laughs> um, and yeah, but he's and when Van, when they because when I started playing, it was when they had the unified undead book, undead book, where it was basically like a tomb kings, vampires, necromancers all together in one book. So you could kind of go, hey, I'm going to have like a mummy tomb lord or Cetra as my lord, and then I'll have loads of mummies in the army, and then skeletons, and then some zombies and ghouls and stuff like that. And uh, and that's when Heinrich Hemmler appeared with, along with Nagash and Dieter Helschnick. I don't know how you do that. I think Dieter Helschnick. Um, and then when they split it up and they went, hey, Vampire Counts is a totally separate force and it's all about vampires, he was the only kind of way that a necromancer could lead your army. Because I think it was like, oh, you have to have a vampire in the army unless you're using Heinrich Kemmler. Uh Yeah, so it was, it was kind of cool. And he's been there. I don't think there's an addition... I think there's one addition he's not in, and I think it's because they went, oh, we're going to have Melchior, like the Necrot guy, um, and I think it was like the the Blood Dragon guy. I think it was it. It was only two special characters in the like in the army book, and it didn't even add like Vlad and Isabella and Manfred and all the other staples. But um, but it's a bit of a shame because rules wise, he's meant to be this amazing necromancer, and then he's worse than Manfred. And you kind of go like, why is Manfred so good at magic? Like, whoever did the eight, I think it was Matt Ward who did the eighth edition Vampire Counts book. Cough White's a bit broken. Um, in terms of like, you know, Blender Lords and stuff, uh, and then crap if you don't do the broken stuff. Uh, 
and I think it's just like he had a total boner for um oh no, it wasn't it was um it's the guy who who spearheaded Age of Sigma, I think, who came up with the book, who had a massive boner for uh, Manfred and just went, Oh, I'm gonna make him amazing. And then out of law, he just becomes totally the most amazing wizard in the entire world, even though in all of the books he loses every battle he's ever in. <laughs> And it's just like, you know, it has him fa him fa facing Ark and the Black, and Ark and the Black beasts him. And you're just like, that, rules-wise, that doesn't make sense, you know? Yeah, just hand-wave that. The yeah, that, that's it. Whereas Heinrich Kemmler's, like, good rules-wise, because he, he can be ethereal, and you don't realize how important that is. Like, you know, because magic weapons aren't too heavy. Like, obviously, against demons, it's not really going to work. But then, against demons, there tends not to be many shooting. So, because he, because Heinrich Kemmler's special ability is that uh, every at the beginning of every turn he can go, "Am I going to be ethereal this turn, or am I going to have the fly special rule this turn?" And so, against demons, you could probably just have him flying around on his own and avoiding getting into danger. And then against anyone else, he's not going to have a magic weapon. He's like, "I'm ethereal, ho 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 ho," and I'm in like a unit of like a hundred uh, skeletons or something. I've never played against them, and I've never. I've never actually seen him played, which is surprising for such a like well-known character. I, I think I've played I've played him a lot in the tournaments that we've been to, but I don't think we've ever been matched against each other when I was using him. Not when you've used him, no. Yeah. But then, if you're saying the obvious choice would be to play Manfred instead, wait, he, Manfred is just so good rules-wise. Like he's 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 not a level four, but he's a level four. No, he's not a level five. He's a level four who has uh, what's it called when you're the master of a law. Uh, he's got Law Master, yeah. Vampire got, Death, and Shadow, is it? Yeah, and then he's like, and then he has, you know, and then he has more vampire abilities than you can pick, like if you do a Custom Lord kind of thing. And then he has like five wounds. He's just, he's ludicrously good. Like, you know, law-wise, he should be like, you know, law-wise, I think he's better than Techless, like, well, magic rules-wise. And then in the law, it's like, isn't it that vampires can never be as good as mortals at necromancy? Like, isn't that the whole thing? You know, like, because in previous editions, it was always like, vampires are, you know, vampires are jealous of necromancers because necromancers fear death and therefore they work that much harder. Like, so, like we're saying, Heinrich Kemmler spends 20 years working out how to raise skeletons, then another 30 years uh learning how to cheat death so he can stay around and vampire's like well i'm a mortal so i've got all the time in the world so i'm not going to work too hard i'll do it later <laughs> yeah and that's it so so in the rules and stuff you had like vampires could never be higher than a level three uh and that even that was very rare for them to be a level three and that you had to have like a necromancer being a level four keeping your armies up big and then like the necroc were like hey we're sacrificing most of our combat abilities in order that we can have four spells but still be a level three or something like that. And then, you know, and then the amazing thing was that Manfred, Manfred about von Karstein goes off and learns necromancy and gets really good at it. And you're like, cool, so he should be like, you know, a level four vampire. That should be amazing. But he's not. He's a, he's a level four and law master of like two different laws. And you're just like, yeah. Like, why not? Okay, that's... At this point, why not? Yeah, so I don't un understand the Manfred boner, and I don't understand why someone with so much, all of his law is that he's like a sniveling coward, that he's like, oh, well, I'll get you, you know, you know, like, oh, well, I'll show you, you know, you know, he's like Grima Wormtongue. All of his law points to him being like Grima Wormtongue. And then in Aphidus, and they're like, 
yeah, he's bald, hench, and looks like a bat. And you're like, what? <laughs> what, what have you been looking at? <laughs> and he can also tank a load of stuff in combat. Which is, yeah. yeah, it's just very strange. It's very, it doesn't make any sense. Like, and I hate Manfred von Karstein. <laughs> for, no, we're not I, 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 if I was competitive, I would take uh, Manfred von Karstein because he's a great like choice for a lord. But, hmm. <laughs> fluff. Okay, sorry, yeah. That, but that that was me talking about Heinrich Kemmler and bitching about uh, Undead in general. That's fine. I think that's a, a worthy uh, villain. Um, my next one is from the world of uh, Warhammer 40,000. Um, it's the Primarch Angron. Oh, right, okay. Um, he, he's a... He, I think he's chilled out now. He's um He's started taking up yoga. Yeah, he's, that's right. Uh, he's doing some calming techniques. And that's I right. He's, he's, on, he's, he's more he's, pleasant. He's taking... Uh, Supplements. <laughs> he's, he's, I was going to say diazepam, but <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, yeah, they probably just drugged him up. To be fair, could be the same. Um, he is, uh, for those of you who don't know, um, one of the emperor's twenty sons. Um, I like Angron um, because although he is a horrible person and the, the most brutal, um, murderous of the Primarchs, um, he does have some interesting features about him. Um, uh, his background is he, he lands on, I forget what the planet's called. He's the only Primarch that doesn't manage to conquer his planet um, or become the leader or someone of importance on his planet. So he's got that working against him. Hang, hang uh, on, hang on, hang on. So Imperium's good and they're conquering planets. Yeah. <laughs> okay, good. Just just wanted to clarify that one. Just well, to... well, no, because all the Primarchs land on different worlds <laughs> and they use their talents to like rise to the top of society. Like, um... I, I just, I get annoyed at this because like 40k, isn't that the plot of Dragon Ball Z? Like if you've <laughs> ever watched Dragon Ball Z where it's like you've got the, what they're called, the, um, the Saiyans oh, oh, and they send crossover. their children off in space pods and then they land on a planet and then their mission is to take over the planet. And you're like, it's literally a sort of black library well, just going... Let's do that. Okay, we'll give they, space marines tails, and then they, they under the full moon they transform. They did steal from everywhere, so it's not. I'm not entirely <laughs> it just surprised. Seems really obscure, like you. You know, you have like the Nagash like references to like Sauron and stuff, and uh, you know, yeah, just, uh, and then he's just kind of like Dragon Ball Z. What? That's, that's why it's ironic that they like are so jealous of their intellectual property because they've stolen <laughs> stuff from everybody else, and now they're. Well, that's it. Like reading the Dark Elf book, you just like. Wow, this is this is a lot of stuff that I've seen elsewhere. You know, well, the, of... um, Tyrion and Ilariel uh, run away. It's just Terminator. <laughs> <laughs> I I hadn't picked up on that one. I just will stolen. admit. Um, well, you read. I read it like this is just Terminator. <laughs> that that um, does suggest, though, that we get like, does Ilariel ever sort of beef up? And become yeah. like really sort of army savvy, and then yeah, sort of she, by, by the end, she starts off as like a um, oh, she's the new ever queen. I, I don't remember the bit where she crushes like Malekith in a trash compactor. She does, or is she it does. a steelworks? She said, Yeah, it's in a um, of hydraulic press. Yeah, she says, you're, you're terminated, fucker, and crushes him. <laughs> then they then they retcon that you escaped the, <laughs> the uh, retcon. Yeah, that one episode, press. that one issue with White Dwarf, but uh, <laughs> yeah, it was in the errata. At the back, um, edition, edition ninety-two, edition ninety-two at the back. Um, Age of Sigma, where they just go, oh yeah, they came back, and you're like, well, this is great for tension. You know, people just <laughs> yeah. come back to life, right? Good. I That's thought you were dead, yes, but I lived. 
Apparently, bloody in Age of Sigmar, Balthazar, Balthazar Gelt is back. He's now a Stormcast because heaven wasn't forbid he, they could make new characters. Wasn't he brutally murdered? Yeah, but but it doesn't matter. There's yeah. no consequences. There's no oh, consequences yeah. in Age of Sigmar because death is just a temporary setback. It, it's very weird, and they just go, "Oh, you might go mad," but I'm like, "Well, I was hoping to kind of die like once at most, <laughs> so I think going a bit crazy." Over time, like when we think about how many times has Malekith died? None. Right. Okay. So, yeah, that's usually death is Nagash has done it twice, but he's done not. Well, he's done it like no. Yeah, you're right. He, he does. He dies. Yeah, he's died like twice so far. But he comes back, so it's not. There's a reason why he comes back. Wild consequence is the fact that he's like because it takes him longer because I think it took him like sort of hundreds of years the first time and then it took him like a full thousand to come back the second D time. Doesn't he come back less powerful each time? Yeah. Or something? Yeah. So, so there is this kind of thing of going, yes, he's the only guy that can safely come back in Warhammer Fantasy, but by the but time he does come back, you know, he's like less strong and so you there's kind a, of get there's a real cost to him coming back, isn't it? Because yeah, rather than just going like. Oh, one of the gods said you can come back. <laughs> it's like, oh, great, thanks. <laughs> anyway, um, sorry. Anyway, yes. Totally, <laughs> totally interrupting and going on a rant during your anger. That's fine. I'll put it in a rant outtake connection. Um, so yeah, he lands on this planet. Um, he's immediately enslaved and made to fight in a gladiator pit. Failed. Yep, exactly. This is a primark <laughs> that he, <laughs> the massive demigod. What was he up he's, a bear was like Gretchen or something. He just lands on a planet. <laughs> That's and they've, a, got, they've got sharp forks. And he's just human, like, oh. Yeah, it's, a, it's a human planet. And they just, yeah, you're going to fight in the, the pit. Yeah. Um, he gets uh, mentored by this guy called Onomaeus, who, if you like your um, Spartacus law, is um, the uh, chief instructor at the uh, Ludus that Spartacus escapes yeah. from. And there's some um, kind of training montage, isn't there, where he's... Yeah, I guess, and he's like, oh, he's a father figure that he always needed, and then yeah. um, the... Maybe uh, with some kind of homoerotic twinge to it, I don't know. Maybe Possibly, I maybe in the Black Library want to explore that. I think um, that's library. I think that's... Possibly. Mm -hmm. the, the authorities uh, realize, because he keeps trying to escape, to say, right, you've got to fight uh, this father figure to the death. And yeah. then they hammer the butcher's nails into his head, which um, slowly remove all of his uh, brain's ability to have any sort of enjoyment and cause constant pain in his head un yeah. unless he's killing people. So there's a bit of a... Um, I'm going to give them points for that. That's pretty That's pretty specific surgery. You know, it's, like, it's when we think back on like the history of surgery and we have like trepanning where it's like going, we're just going to mess around a bit you know it's like, no, it's like it's yeah just hammer it into his head um it's a bit of archaeotech they're not entirely sure how it works but it does how this works but it's yeah, it's killing it'll, people so it'll work um so anyway he does this big breakout um uh maskers a lot of people in the city uh his army's like a thousand strong they have this they, they escape to some mountain or something uh it's very much like spartacus the authorities send their army after him, and it's like, yeah, he's finished. Um, uh, like it's the night before the battle. The emperor comes down and says, um, "Right, uh, you're my son. We're now going to go and conquer the galaxy." And Angron's like, uh, "Can we not just help the people, like the, the people I've lived with and my only friends in the, the galaxy?" And the emperor says, "Nope, yeah. they are going to die. I've got can bigger you, things to worry about." 
So, good guy. Um, yeah. Uh, can you believe what it must have been like for the Emperor, where he sort of, like, arrives on this planet and sees his son looking like Vivian from The Young Ones? He <laughs> <laughs> does say, in fact, the first thing he says is, what have they done to you? So, yeah, that's, <laughs> that's what you want to hear from your dad, isn't it? The first oh, time you see Dad. Yeah. They understand me. <laughs> so, the Emperor just leaves his... Even though, in other circumstances, similar circumstances, the Emperor has helped or chipped in, and yeah. it's perfectly capable of saying, right, yeah, we'll we'll co- reconquer this planet and we'll save your friends. It says, nah. No, <laughs> There's not- no Star Trek justification of, oh, we can't change the fate of this planet. or No, it just doesn't want to. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Good guy. Uh, not a w- waste of my time. So Angron says, well, I don't want any part of this. And the Emperor says, no choice. Uh, <laughs> you're here <laughs> yeah. now. There's your legion. The Emperor's got a magnet and he puts it to his yeah. forehead and just drags him back to the ship. Just, well, he's the psychic might to teleport him out. Just him, not his, yeah. not yeah. his friends. Just psychic him. that could have helped everyone there. They could have done it immediately. They could have landed and taken yeah. them up onto the ship or they could have obliterated the, uh, the planetary army. There's a, numerous things the Emperor could have done and he doesn't. So that's sort of... Angon is horrendous person but there's all this going on in the background which sort of not excuses it but explains it so he he despises the emperor yeah and then he's then the emperor puts him in charge of the world eaters um and he just starts killing them like i'm not like a spoiled child like right i'm gonna destroy me toys even though the emperor's given us it so he goes through a piles of the um the captains of the world eaters Mm. um who are like begging to Please stop killing us. We we are worthy of you. Um, he introduces this thing where you've got when they're used uh, or they're given a mission, they've got thirty-one hours to conquer a planet completely, um, or he'll it's decimate the lead. Yeah, you imagine it with a countdown music or something. You well, know. I think he's got that on his uh, on his battle bar. <laughs> Just getting to the last vestiges of them, and yeah. it's like duh, 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 duh. Yeah. one from the top and three from the bottom, Angron. Um, <laughs> so that, that's uh, the standard. What's his new series? I, I like this idea of it. Like the Emperor's like, Why have my sons turned from me? And he's like, <laughs> well, <laughs> see how you treat them. Um, I think it's New Syria, is the planet he's called. The, the New Syrian day is 31 hours long, so it's like you've got one day to conquer a planet. And if they don't do it, um, he decimates the Legion. Yeah. So, and they continually don't meet these, these uh, high good, standards of 31 days. Emperor, just so, saying, yeah. So he keeps, de- so he kills his own men. Is the Emperor on your villains list? <laughs> no, I've, I've done an episode on, I've done an episode on the Emperor, so he's not on my list. Because I always thought that he was like, I've always thought like from the law I knew that the Emperor was a good person. Like, oh no! That the Imperium's gone w- way too far. Like you know, because I think that if the Emperor came back, he'd probably do the good thing. Like he'd probably sort of put things right. But that they're actually stopping him coming back to an extent. But then it's this idea of going, oh, maybe I should have read these Black Library books to realize <laughs> what an absolute bastard he actually is. It's more. It depends because it depends who's looking at him. If to. <laughs> To well, is he looking in the mirror and he's like, yep, I'm a good guy? Well, he thinks he's right, which I don't know if that's just probably not a justification. But... I think confidence isn't justification, I don't think. So it's in the, if, if you read one, read uh, The Last Church, uh, which is a great mini story. Of... Because they didn't meet expectations because the church 
didn't wipe out its planet. In well, it's it's set, on, it's set in the last the last church on Terra, and he's just yeah. talking to the last priest. And I think the last line is something like, uh, he says, "Well, all those other people who tried and conquered the world, uh, conquered the galaxy." Uh, he says, "The Emperor says something like, yeah, but I'm right.' Like, <laughs> all right, that's the difference, is it?" Christ. But yeah, sorry, sorry, uh, back to Angron. Oh, right? Angron, yeah. Um, so he orders them to install copies of the Butcher's Nails into his own legion. Um, and they say, we can't, it's architect, we don't know how it works. And he says, well, do it. There's got a 100% death rate. <laughs> why? Why is no, do it. Um, so <laughs> he constantly is we've all had managers own... like that. We've, yeah. we've all had managers like that. Yeah, I don't want to hear it, do it. Um, they finally work out a way to get it to not kill people as often. So he, as often, not only does he murder his own um, uh, sons, um, he then drives them insane uh, in a permanent um, murder rage. He decimates his own legion. When they turn up, when the uh, world eaters turn up on a planet, it's not like oh we'll subdue it and then we'll conquer it and we'll you know we'll, we'll try to restore it. To, to get it back up and, and working as an imperial world, it's just kill everyone. Um, but this is again the emperor's like, well, it works. So let's say he's like, well, he's meeting quotas, you know. Yeah, like, look at Angron. That's it, why he got employee of the month. Yeah, we'll, we'll look the other way for that. Like Magnus is like, I kind of want to learn stuff, and he's just like, no, you're gonna have to murder people. I'm afraid it's. So yeah, he's he's got all this. He's he's sort of like a cartoon villain almost, but he, he's there's a bit, and I've got the quote here, which I really like about him, um, where Lehman Russ is sent to say, "Hang on, stop murdering your sons and making them uh, lunatics and butchering planets. That's a bit. That's a bit much. That's uh, and he challenges him, and he says, like um, Russ says, uh, we offer people freedom." Um, and now you're calling the emperor a tyrant. Uh, have you gone mad? Uh, and Angron quotas. says, "Murder yeah. quotas." Just saying, just putting that out there. Angron says, um, "You are free, Lehman Russ of Fenris, because your freedom matches the emperor's will. For each time I wage war against worlds that threaten the Imperium's advance, there comes another time where I'm told to conquer peaceful worlds that wish only to be left alone. I'm told to destroy whole civilizations and call it liberation." I'm told to demand millions of men and women from these new worlds to make them take up arms in the emperor's hordes. I'm told to call this a tithe or recruitment because we are too scared of the truth. We refuse to call it slavery. So I think a, that's fairly bloody eloquent for a guy with nails in his head. Well, that's, that, that's <laughs> early Angron is quite an interesting um, villain because um, he accepts what he is, and he, but he said like, but he doesn't. He's not a fan of the Emperor, to put it mildly. Yeah. Later on, when he becomes a, a cartoon villain demon prince, he becomes less interesting. But um, yeah. I just like that other element to him, that he's um, he's not, a, in the start, he's not a brute. He's got his own internal, not honour, but morality. And, and he doesn't see, he, he pierces right through this whole thing of, oh, we're bringing compliance and liberation. He's, no, we're slavers just like, you know, there's no difference. Why am I getting the blame? Because I turn up and do it well. I'm just doing what the emperor says. Yeah, um, and I think that's the hallmark of a good villain. Like it's, hmm. you know, it's it's why you can't have a beast. 
be a, be a villain because it doesn't know what it's doing. The same yeah. same way as like the Chaos Gods. Like Demon Princes are far more exciting as like adversaries and as characters than say Corn itself. Like because Corn is like, hey, I just destroy. And guess he does have a personality and stuff, but you can't imagine Corn being like, I think I'll be nice today. You know, you know, <laughs> let's have a yeah, day. Or Sanesh but, being like, oh, I'm so. I'm just a bit bored, you know, a bit bored of new things. So let's not have a murder orgy today. Yeah, I've got a bit of, bit of personal choice. That's like Angron knows what he is and he, he can see straight through, you know, this veneer of what the Imperium is supposed to be. But he doesn't, he doesn't use that as a springboard to change himself or affect any change. He just embraces it. And, um, this is what I am. I'm going to um, enjoy. The only pleasure I get in life is from killing things. And that's why he sort of leads onto the more cartoony side of him. Anyway, he's my number two. Well, I think we've run out of time for this episode. And again, we'll have to split it into two. So um, will you come back next week to reveal the rest of your choices? Uh, I'll certainly give it a go. But, you know, I'm, I'm very busy what with lockdown and um, doing nothing. So, uh, yeah. So you put a pencil me <laughs> in for that. <laughs> Right, yeah, well, see you next time. <laughs> <laughs>